want to welcome you to the Quality Christian Living Podcast. I am your host, David Friend. We're doing a series on success, prospering, and abundant living. Today's podcast is entitled, Success to Live Debt-Free. I think God's going to bless it in a very special way today because I've been praying and believing He's going to do something special. Today we're going to discover what keeps most people in debt. We're going to learn the seven steps to debt-free living. And I'm going to talk about what does God's Word say about debt. We'll see how easy it can be to reduce our debt. And what would you do if you were debt-free. So before we get into that, though, we need to pray and ask for the Lord's guidance and direction. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for who you are, for what you've done in our lives. And I pray now that you would bless this podcast. I pray that you would anoint it. And I invite the Holy Spirit to come in, take control, to just take charge of everything that's said today. I pray that you'd help me as I read the scriptures to speak about them and comment about them in the way you would have me say to these that are listening in. I pray now that you would bless those who are listening in, that they would receive something very special. If they came today with a need for a financial blessing or a need to understand what success is or just figure out some way to get out of debt, whatever it might be, I pray that you would bless them and help them receive something very special. I thank you for what you're about to do and I'll be careful now to give you the praise and glory for all that you do in this podcast. Give you all the praise now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In the years that I have pastored and counseled people about finances, the subject of debt always surfaces. Now, some of you may not be aware that I was a banker for 15 years and helped a lot of people to borrow from the church and also to pay off their loans and to help their businesses. And I, so I know that debt can be good, debt can be bad, but debt can be beneficial to those used properly, and it can be a disaster for those who have a problem with it. So we're going to just take this on and I'll speak as a pastor, I'll speak as a former banker, but I'll speak hopefully anointed by the Holy Spirit to lead you into a direction that will help you to become completely debt-free. That's my goal in this podcast today. Debt is increasing in America at a rapid pace. Never, never seen this bad before. The government's debt, individuals have debt, corporations have great debt. But individual debt, that's just you and I, our debt in America is at an all-time high. Credit card debt, will have interest rates in the high 20% range. And the Bible warns us about debt. The Bible tells us to be careful about debt. And there's some guidance and direction that we need to receive from the Word of God in this area. In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7 in the New Living Translation, here's what it says. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. Now it's important that we think about what that's saying because when we when we think about the borrower being the servant to the lender, what that means is they have control over you. They have some kind of control over you. And many times if our debt is out of control, then the person who loaned us the money does have control. They can take back our home, they can take back our cars. And just like the Bible says in Proverbs 22:7, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. So I'm going to show you how not to become a servant to the lender. Even if you need to borrow for a reason, I can show you a way that you will not be subject to them and you'll be in control of that situation. Now, the Apostle Paul does a lot of teaching on many areas in life and he talks about debt and borrowing money and what we owe. He teaches us in Romans chapter 13 and verse 8 in the New Living Translation. Let me read just a few words that he wrote. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. Now, what does that mean? I mean, really, what does that mean? It's talking about a lot of different things. Paul is referring to debt and other things. He's talking about money that we owe people. He's always just talking about things that we must do for other people. The things that he's talking about 
means that we are that we are obligated to do are things like we should apologize if we've done something wrong. We should forgive others and we should be kind and love others. So let's read what he said again. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. Now he is talking about owing money and owing something to other people. If you borrow something from someone, then you owe to them to give it back to them, right? But he's also talking about that He says here, except for obligation to love one another. What he's talking about here is that we're obligated and therefore we owe people love. We owe kindness to them. We owe them to be good to them. We owe to ask for forgiveness from people. We offend people. We need to apologize when we make a mistake. These are debts that we owe. And Paul's talking about all of that. So there's different kinds of debts, not just money here, but he's talking about several types of debt that we can have in our life. So you might want to think about right now, is there anyone in your life that you've had conflict with that you haven't apologized if it was your fault? And even if it wasn't your fault, you might want to say, I'm sorry that we had that argument and and try and settle things. The Bible tells us to settle disputes quickly. That means we need to get our mind cleared and our heart cleared and get that problem solved. So if we're having disputes with people, it's going to be difficult for us to be successful in our finances. If we're having disputes that are that are not patched up and repaired and covered, then it's going to be difficult to live in the freedom that God wants us to have freedom. And we'll violate if we don't ask for forgiveness and if we don't forgive others for things they've done to us. If we violate that, it's going to be very difficult for us to have the things happen in our life that we want to see happen in our life. Let me share something with you that that I'll share with you because of my past experience as a banker and a real estate developer. Let me make this statement. When is a loan not considered debt? Now, Paul said, Oh, no one, anyone, anything. And Proverbs says, just as the rich rule over the poor, the borrower is servant to the lender. But are all loans considered debt? I'm going to show you an example where a loan is not necessarily debt. Here, here's one example. When we owe significantly less than what we borrowed to have. As an example, if we buy a $300,000 home and we only need to get a loan on it for $150,000 or less, even though it's a loan, even you can call it debt, it's not placing you in an obli- obligation where the borrower, that's you, are that you're a servant to the lender because the asset you bought was $300,000. The debt that you owe is $150,000. And in almost every single case, you could get that $150,000 some way, sell the house, borrow it from somebody else, but pay that person off if you run into a difficult time. I also have another example. If we purchase a car for $30,000 with a loan of only, say, $10,000, you're not really going to be servant to anyone. You can always sell that car and get that $10,000 for it. I'm just pointing out a couple of situations where borrowing money is not necessarily debt that places you in a servant position to other people. Now, we could either sell these assets and get out of debt, or basically borrow from someone else to get out of debt. But if you is the, the debt, let me just say this: the debt comes when we're over obligated. When we go out and buy a car that they ask thirty thousand dollars for, and we don't put any money down, and we finance the whole thirty thousand dollars, well, you are now obligated to that person with an asset that is worth less. When you drive it off the parking lot, it's worth less than what you paid for it, and it's worth less 
than what your loan is. You owe $30,000. Your car just went down in value from $30,000, maybe down to $25,000 when you drove it off the lot. So that is debt. That's obligation. We need to try and avoid that happening in our life. We want to be sure that we don't place ourselves in a position where other people have control over us. So that's just a little something I threw in there because I don't want you to beat yourself up if you got a car loan or a house, a mortgage. That is not necessarily what Paul is talking about here, to owe nothing to anyone because you can always get rid of the debt and move on to something else. All right, I beat that up enough, but I think that's important that you remember that so that you can at least have a little bit of peace about it if you've got a car loan or something. Besides, once we get through this podcast today and once we go through the whole series on dealing with success and our finances and those things, you'll learn how to be debt-free. You'll learn how to not have any debt on anything. In addition to that, if you're really interested, would like to know how to be out of debt, I've written a book. I wasn't going to talk about it right now, but I guess maybe I should. I've written a book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. And that is an example, many, many examples and many ideas and thoughts and suggestions on how to get out of debt and how to be debt-free. I'll talk more about that book at the end of this podcast because I need to move on right now. Now, as a banker and a pastor and a real estate developer, I have been involved in loans in many ways and for many uses. Let me give you an example of when it is okay to borrow. This is another example. I borrowed money from a bank because I was a home builder. It was the only way I could operate my real estate business. I didn't have the money to go out and buy the lot and hire all the contractors to build the house and pull that money into it in order to be able to then sell it and make a profit. Well, some of you say, well, then you should have never borrowed the money. Well, I don't agree with that because I could have always turned that property back over to a bank and got out of that obligation, not have any money owed to anyone else. But because of my occupation, I needed to borrow money in order to build the homes that I was going to build. So... I guess the key to borrowing is having the ability to repay people, even if things go bad. Having the ability to repay as soon as possible and get out of debt as soon as possible. But it's important to understand that there are times when you need to borrow money. Here's a good example. As a pastor, we borrowed money to build our church. We bought land. We had it paid for. We had to borrow money to get the building put up. And when the building was put up, we had a building that was very nice and people came to it. And the church's income increased and increased and increased to a point where we could start to pay the thing off. And over a period of time, we would be able to completely be out of debt. So some would say, well, then don't build the church if you don't have the money. Well, then if you don't build the church, you don't have a place for people to come. People aren't interested in coming and you miss out. So let me just say, we can look at it from a lot of different angles, but I believe that it is okay under certain situations to borrow money depending on what the purpose is. I do not have a problem then with borrowing provided it is for the proper purpose and is done with good counsel and you know how you can get out of debt. Let me just say one more thing. I just kind of got checked here a little bit. On a car, we borrow what we can afford in order to go to work. Think about that. Many people couldn't get to work if you didn't have a car. And a lot of you maybe live, you know, in big cities where you can go to on the subway or take buses and stuff. But like in Arizona where I'm at, there's a lot of land between us and where we work usually. And people need some type of transportation to get to work. So the importance is we may need to borrow some money in order to purchase a car so we can get to work. The key is 
we borrow what we can afford to pay back and still have funds to be able to give to the work of the Lord. Don't let a car rob you of being able to meet your other financial obligations or or rob you from being able to give to the church and to bless the work of the Lord. So I don't think there's a problem at all with having a car loan as long as you can afford it and as long as your income is enough to be able to make those payments and keep you out of trouble. So, you know, there, there's so much I could talk about here now, but I, I really don't have time in this podcast because it's it's really involved. I really encourage you. The book that I've written goes very deeply into these areas and will be helpful to you. But I just want to leave you with that thought that borrowing is okay under certain circumstances, certain circumstances, I should say. In all situations, borrowing or, or lending money, be careful, seek help, and follow God's word. Let me give a couple scriptures now that I think might help us out a little bit. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 26 is a valuable lesson for anyone. Listen to this. Don't agree to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for someone else. Now that's a perfect scripture to help us understand when borrowing is wrong, when borrowing can be difficult for you. Let me give you an example. If a friend of yours comes to you and says, I need to get a car to go to church, or I need to get a car to be able to get to work, or whatever it might be, and you feel like you want to help them and you're able to help them, I would encourage you not to sign for their loan. If they need a car and you love them enough and care for them enough to be able to guarantee their loan, because when you sign and guarantee their loan, it's just like you borrowing the money because you're obligated to pay if they don't. And if they don't pay and you don't know about it, they can destroy your credit and ruin your credit. So therefore, you should not guarantee someone else's loan. Well, then you might say, well, then, pastor, that doesn't seem very nice. Am I supposed to just turn them down and they're out of luck? No, I didn't say that. If you love them enough and you feel strong enough that you want to help them, then you go borrow the money and buy the car and keep it in your name and have them make payments to you until they get it paid off. See, the reason I'm doing that is you're helping the person. You realize that they need help and you want to help them, but you also realize that you borrow the money. You can afford to make the payments, so you're going to keep your credit in good shape. If they mess up your credit, it's going to ruin your friendship or it's going to make a difficult challenge to your friendship. But if you borrow the money, provide for them a car, they pay to you. If they stop paying you and they can't afford the car anymore, then you certainly have the right to just sell the car, get rid of it, and get rid of the debt. So that's just some suggestions on things that I've helped people with. I've counseled a lot of people who guaranteed loans and it almost always turned out to be a very difficult situation. Before I move on in this podcast, I wanted to just make a little statement. In my Quality Christian Living podcast, I have about 20 podcasts dealing with borrowing money, getting in debt, things that are just podcasts. You don't need to buy anything to do that. And if you would like to know how to get those, at the end of this podcast, I'll show you how you can get on my website and look up those podcasts and you can get some teaching and help for free. Wouldn't cost you a thing to do that. I'm not trying to sell you a book because I'm showing you that you can get almost the same advice off of my podcast and there were at least 20 podcasts that covered that. So hopefully that'll be a help to some of you. Now I want to give you some simple things and very practical things about how to get out of debt. So here are seven steps the Lord gave me to be debt free, to live debt free. That's Just think about that debt-free. Matter of fact, if you have debt, you have loans right now, you just think about what it would be like if you didn't have those loans. Wouldn't that be amazing? That, that The book that I wrote on finances is called Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. Well, that's exactly what it is when you're debt-free. So here are seven steps. I hope that they'll help you. Number one, make a list of what caused you to get in debt. And here's what you need to do. 
Stop doing those things. It's, it seems silly. Maybe that sounds silly to some of you, but we cannot continue to repeat doing the same things that we've done before and expect to get better results. It's not going to happen. So make a list of what caused you to get in debt. Maybe it's, it's buying things just on the spur of the moment. Impulse buying, they call that. And you just have a real problem with that. You go to the store, you want to get $30 worth of stuff and you walk out with $80 worth of stuff. That's the type of thing we need to learn how to control and monitor. So we need to make a list of what caused us to get in debt. Maybe it's spending too much money on a car. Maybe it's having too big of a house payment. But you can get out of those things. There's ways to do that. And we'll be talking about that in the weeks to come. All right, item number two, identify how much you spend every month. You need to know how much you're spending in order to know how much you're going to have to make, right? Well, I'd like you to reverse that thinking and think how much you make is all that you can spend. So if you're making a certain amount of money, then make sure that your spending stays within that. Live according to your means. Another way to look at it is live below your means. That means spend less than what you make. Now, I realize some of you are saying, Pastor, that doesn't work on my situation because I've got expenses. I can't possibly meet all the obligations, all the payments. I've had all kinds of problems. I've got myself in debt for various reasons, maybe a divorce or maybe lost jobs or a sickness or whatever it might be. I understand those things happen because I've counseled many, many people in these situations who've gone through all those things. And in my own case, I know what it's like to be facing bills and obligations and wondering where in the world am I going to get the money to pay for it. I understand those things, but let me just tell you this. If we make a list of what we spend and stay within that, then we're going to be on the process of getting out of debt. We've got to understand what we spend. Now, you might say, well, I know exactly what I spend. Well, then write it down. Let me ask you this. Do you write down how much you're going to spend each month on things like gifts, like vacations, like getting a cup of coffee, or car repairs, or or health issues? If you don't write those things down and plan for those things, you're not going to have the funds to be able to meet those needs. It's said today that I've read in many, many articles and newspapers and what around this country that that like 50 to 60% of people in their 60s are in such bad shape financially without having savings accounts, without having money and still having debt. They don't have any cash in the bank. If they have a $400 or $500 expense that pops up, maybe repair on their home or on their car, they don't have the money to meet that need. So we don't want that to happen to you. And if it's happened to you, we don't want it to happen to you again. All right. Number three, step three, give and it will be given to you. It's found in Luke chapter 6, 38. That's step number three. Learn to be a giver. Give of what you have. If you can't afford to give 10% of your income to the Lord, which I believe you should, we should all do, we should give 10% to Him, keep 10% for ourselves in savings, and live on 80% of what we make. You can get there. You maybe can't do it right now, but you can set a plan, and I'll show you some of those things shortly on how you can get to that point. Now, giving is a key to receiving, right? If you want friends, you've got to give friendship out. If you want to be happy in your marriage, then you need to extend love and courtesy and kindness to the person that you love. If you want your children to behave, you've got to give instruction and discipline and help them. I mean, I can go on and on talking about how give and you will receive. That's a simple thing. And I believe in our finances, we need to learn how to give to the work of the Lord, Whatever you can afford, if it's not 10%, if it's 1%, start with something. Because when you start giving, it'll make you a better manager of what you have left. All right, I'll move on to number four now. Couples, be accountable to each other in your spending. Many times, one person, maybe the man or maybe the woman, I am not which one, will be a spender and the other one will be a saver. One is frugal and the other one's a spender. One is is out of control in spending. The other one is out of control in, in being too tight. We need to, as couples, we need to get together and pray together and be accountable to each other. Set up plans for your finances. 
operate with a budget and determine how much you spend every month. And if you need more money, talk about it together. In the early years of our marriage, my wife and I kind of had a policy and we said, look, if we need to buy something that's more than 50 bucks, then let's talk about it before either one of us spend it. Let's just make sure that we're in agreement and we know we can afford it. Now, maybe today with inflation and all that, maybe that number ought to be $100. I don't know. But bottom line, couples should be accountable to each other. Okay, number five, buy at least a three-year-old car every three years. Don't buy new and avoid buying new if at all costs. But we should buy a three-year-old car every three years. That's one of the key ways to know that you're affording to buy the right kind of car. You can afford to make the payments and that you're not going to take that brutal depreciation that cars get in their first three years. Number six, avoid using too much cash on you. I've stopped where I don't have cash hardly at all. I use credit cards. I'll use a credit card for a, a, a dollar. 50 cents, you know, $3, whatever it might be, just because I don't want to have a lot of cash because I found out if I had a lot of cash, I would tend to spend more. So I keep the cash out of my pocket and I work with a credit card. I use a credit card because I pay it off every month. I don't have time in this podcast to go over that, but bottom line, I have advice in my podcast about credit cards and how to use them and how to make them a tool so that you can benefit from them. All right, you can have a credit card and if you control it properly, get miles and things that you could go on free trips you could have free hotel stays and whatever it might be. Number seven. Now think about this. What would you do when you are debt free? I didn't say if you are debt free because I'm calling forth and believing for those things that are not as though they are. When you get debt free, what will you do with it? I want you to think about that and move on with it. My goodness, this time is going fast on this podcast, but I guess I enjoy talking about it so much. I should probably cut some of this out, but I, I just want to get it all in. If you currently have credit card debt or loans or a big car payment, try this. Focus on paying off the largest loans you have with the highest interest rates. Focus on paying one of your loans or credit cards off as soon as possible. Just focus on getting one paid off and take the money that you paid on that card, on that loan, and apply it, add it to the other loans that you have and then pay that off. And as you pay each loan off, keep paying the same amount that you were paying on these other ones and add it to each one of those so that you're able to pay more and more and more and you'll get out of debt faster. So to clarify, you could have debt for one item and debt for two items and debt for three items. As you pay the first one off, continue to pay that payment and the payment of the second one on the second loan. On the second one that you have, use the money you were paying on the first one that you were paying on the second one that are now paid off and apply all that to the third loan. And you watch and see how fast you'll be out of debt. All right, enjoy what God's word has to say about finances. And this may shock you. Enjoy what God's word has to say about discipline. Because the word of God tells us that God disciplines because he loves us. And I, so therefore, I always receive God's discipline. I want God's discipline. I want him to tell me what I'm doing wrong and I want to be corrected by it because the word of God tells us in the book of Hebrews that if we receive the discipline of the Lord, we will be blessed. I'm going to repeat that. If we are willing to receive the discipline from the Lord that he has in his word, that means correcting us to do things the way he wants them to be done. Don't guarantee loans. Don't get yourself overly in debt. Don't be greedy about things. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Don't fall in love with money. Fall in love with God and then he'll provide for you the funds that you need. All those things, if we do those things and receive that discipline in our life, we will be blessed and we will be rewarded for it. I believe that and, I, and I'll preach that until Jesus comes back. Let me just read as I close this podcast, give you a scripture I think that shows how discipline is so important for us. It's found in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 
And let's see, let's start at verse number six. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child, which is what we should do. We, we discipline our children, don't we? We give them a time out or whatever we do. It's not harmful to the child, but we correct our children. We need to correct our children. We discipline them. And the word of God says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7, as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. But of course, we know that we are. So let's receive the discipline of the Lord. And that means we will follow God's instructions in his word on how to get out of debt, stay out of debt, how to give to his church to save for ourselves and our future and our retirement and haven't really have an abundance in our life and, and live the words that Jesus spoke in John chapter 10 and verse 10, that he wanted to come and give us life and give it to us more abundantly. So with that, let me pray and close this podcast out. I've, I've covered a lot of ground in this. You might want to listen to it again. And I would really encourage you right now, go to my podcast. I'll show you in a moment how to get there and go through that series of 20 podcasts dealing with finances. Heavenly Father, bless those who are listening in. Thank you once again for this opportunity. I pray that they would receive from it, Lord, that they would take these things, Lord, that you've given me and that's in your word and it would apply to them and help them, Lord. I don't, I'm not trying to discipline anybody here at all. I'm not at all. But what I'm trying to do is help people to experience the joy of debt-free living. And it's theirs. And they can have success in that area. And they can prosper. And I thank you for it. And I'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you'd like to know more about Quality Christian Living Podcast, you can do that by going to my webpage. It's davidcfriendauthor.com. Now, when you pull up that webpage, here's the advice I was telling you that I would tell you about here. When you pull up that webpage in the front page you come to, you'll see the reference to my podcast. And on the very first page, there's a there's a link there. It says podcasts. And if you want to click, click that link, this is podcast number 255. So just think about it. There's been a lot of podcasting going on for about two and a half years. I have a section in there of about 20 podcasts that deals just with finances and getting out of debt and what loans are all about and all that. If you have a business and you need help with that, I just recently completed a 20 series podcast on how Christians can have a business. Matter of fact, how you can get a business without even having any money to get one started. And I believe that'll be a help to you. For those who are looking for other types of help and advice, I just completed completed a series on faith for miracles. In addition to that, I completed a series dealing with the gifts of the Spirit and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our life and how to operate in the gifts and how to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. There's a series of podcasts dealing with spiritual prosperity leading to financial prosperity. So it, it just goes on and on with 255 podcasts. You can imagine there's a lot of stuff there. There's also a number of less, lessons in there that had to deal with the our veterans. And I just completed two recently. And they're there usually around November of each year. And I pray that they would be a blessing to you and to those you know who are veterans. So I hope that that would be of help to you. If you'd also like to scroll down in my webpage there, just go down one more page when you pull it up, you can see that I have a list of five books that I've written that are on Amazon. Two of them have to do with veterans and assistance for veterans and helping them, especially those who were in Vietnam or those suffering with PTSD or illnesses caused by Agent Orange. Also, there's a book there on generosity, what's in it for me. Another book entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. That is a book on faith. 
on how to call forth those things that are not as though they are, and also a book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. Soon, and very soon, I'll be bringing out a new book that I'm getting ready to release, and that has to do with faith, and it's basically a book entitled Faith for Miracles. And following that, there's another book I'm working on that's going to talk about how to have unshakable faith and unshakable prayers. So I believe the Lord has given me a lot of things to talk about, but this particular area, we're focusing on the areas of success, and we're going to continue on that for right now. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that by going to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So I just want you to do this. Make a decision to be debt-free. Then just do it. Just get it done. And I know that things come up, sicknesses and things like that come up. But once you get to that position that you're debt-free, you'll be so thankful that you did and did some of these things that the Word of God has to tell us. My next podcast is going to deal with, once again, success. And it's entitled, Success, Do It God's Way. And that doesn't mean that we seek success. We seek God. And then we'll receive the blessing of success, prosperity, and abundant living in our life. So let me just close with these words. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. My next episode is going to continue to talk about success, but doing it God's way. So until next time, may God richly bless you. And I pray that each and every person that was here receive something special today. You apply it to your life. It's things that God has taught me. I don't have all the answers, but God does. So let's go to God's word and seek the answers. If you want great advice on finances, let me just give you this one thought. Go to the book of Proverbs chapter 3 and read that. It gives you advice about, really a lot of advice in there about finances. The book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms is filled with examples. So just use that and be blessed by it and receive a blessing from God. I want to thank you so much for listening in. This has been podcast number 255 of Quality Christian Living. And I am your host, David Friend. Thank you so much for listening in today. God bless you.